I'm Sandy Swallow. I'm Okalala Lakota in Northern Cheyenne. I've been an artist for over 30 years and through my artwork have portrayed my heritage. Now I'm starting a brand new venture called Lakota Link and I'm here to share with you and I hope you enjoy it. Lakota Link. Greetings from the home of the Seven Council Fires, land of the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaties, bringing stories old and new of Lakota values, courage, respect, wisdom, to name a few. Well, today's a very beautiful fall day, and we had a big weekend. On Saturday, we had all our kids, except one daughter-in-law wasn't able to make it, but we had our kids come up, and we put up the teepee. There, at one time, there was a... Wayne and I was able to put up the teepee by ourselves, but that time has passed. It's a lot of work, and also a lot of fun when you have help and I made some fry bread and wojapi. Wojapi is uh, kind of a pudding. It's what I make it with is choke cherries. We go hunting for choke cherry bushes and that's the reason they're named choke cherry because if you eat them raw just from the bush they kind of end up giving you a choky throat, kind of a sore throat because of the way they are. But they are so good, and maybe they're an acquired taste. I'm not sure. We get the choke cherries, and then we put them in a pan on the stove. And my Aunt Jo always said, just put about an inch of water over the top of them, and cook them until they split open and once they split open they've kind of released their juices now there's a lot of more traditional way to do the choke cherries but I tend towards the easier way then we get the juice and strain it out and freeze it for the winter and and for special occasions, since it's so labor-intensive, I usually uh, save it for special occasions and for people that I know are going to really appreciate it. And then once you have the juice, you unthaw it, you put it in the pan, and right about half juice and and little less than half sugar, and then you... Uh, Make sure that's nice and boiled and add thickening to it. I used to always add cornstarch. A lot of people do, but actually flour works better for me. And you add enough so it's kind of a gravy consistency. And is it good? That's probably one of my husband's very favorites is wojapi and fry bread. Then you take your fry bread and you dip it into the wojapi. Just eat it. (laughs) Anyway, that's kind of a traditional meal. And so when everybody came up on Saturday, 
I made that as their treat for putting in the hard work of putting up the teepee. Now to put up the teepee, you have to kind of have three kind of anchors or secure tripod for the very beginning of it. Okay, it's 13 from north to south feet apart. And this is making an 18-foot teepee. And our poles are 24 feet long. And then you have to measure from the door to the north, 16 feet, and the door to the south, 16 feet. And so it's not in a circle at that point, but that's what anchors the teepee and gets it in the right way. It puts your living quarters where you might sleep in the back from the door so that when you put up your teepee, you always face your door to the east. That is traditional, and that's kind of because the sun comes up from the east, so it welcomes you to the day. We like to put the ribbons indicating the four directions on the teepee. And so the yellow is for east, and so that's facing. We put it up on, on the teepee pole so it goes towards the east. Black is for west. Red is for north. And white is for south. You know, there's just something really, really neat to set in a teepee and and think about the olden days when when the women put them up, for heaven's sake. That was their job, and they had to have been pretty tough because that's not an easy job. And when Wayne and I used to do it ourselves, it, it was always difficult. With a lot of help, it's fun and not difficult, but it still takes a couple of hours I suppose if you really wanted to push it, you could do it faster, but, you know, it's an enjoyable time. So I thought, sitting in this teepee, I would think about and share with you some some stories about when the kids were little and and we lived in the country and ranched and farmed. I have a story that is is kind of sad, but I wanted to share it with you. There was a couple of little boys that we knew at that time. I'm thinking about how people sometimes have more advantages than others and how uh, we really need to think about that when we're, I don't want to say judging them, but when they... When people have problems and troubles and and we need to kind of consider all parts of their lives. Well, these two boys, I knew them. Their mom and dad, there was, I'm not sure how many kids in the family. I think five, but could have been more. Their parents either had a very severe alcohol problem. I think that actually was so many years ago. I think it was before drugs. So it was more alcohol. But they had a problem and 
they left the family, the little kids, at home, and a couple of them froze to death. The grandma and grandpa were quite elderly at that time, but they took these two little boys in. And and the reason I'm kind of sharing this is because I have heard that one of the boys just recently died. And actually, he died at a very young age. And I'm thinking, well, perhaps part of that was because of hardships he had. He he was um, kind of a different little boy, and his grandpa and grandma, he didn't want to go to school, and they didn't make him go to school, and I think he was seven or eight before he even started school. So that right there was kind of a disadvantage to him. He looked different, had long hair just was kind of a different sort of little boy. His brother, on the other hand, was, he had long hair too, and at that time that wasn't typical. But he was a little more outgoing and fit in a little better. And I think about how we can make an impact on somebody's lives. And I don't know, you know, I, I don't really remember. He he didn't really want to be involved with anything, so I don't rem- remember too much interaction with him. But what I'm thinking is the Lakota value of generosity and how sometimes we, we don't think in terms... When I think in terms of generosity, I think in terms of having my family over and fixing a big deal with soup and fry bread and baked bread and, you know, feeding them. I just love to feed my family, and I I like it when they are full. It's a way of showing love. With generosity, I think in terms a lot of the society thinks, oh, you know, you have to give money. People, you can't be generous unless you have a lot of money and you're able to at least give some of it. But the Lakota value wasn't with money, you know. It it was with hospitality. It was with sharing what you had, even if it was a little bit. And I think in terms of even even just a kind word or saying something that you never know how people are going to take it and what it's going to mean to them. Saying a word of encouragement to young kids that maybe have it rough and and don't have a lot of support system at home or they might have a lot of love and support but they need a little bit more maybe discipline and direction but in a loving kind way I wonder if 
this little boy, if he had had a little more of that in his life, if, if his life would have turned out differently. So it's very sad to, to know how his life did turn out, but that's not the end of the story, you know. The thing is, is each day is new. And, you know, when we're in the teepee and it's dark and the fire's gone and maybe it's chilly outside and and we go to sleep and wake up and we see that uh, out the teepee door, we see the sun rising. Each day has a new beginning and the sun comes up. And even if we haven't done something that maybe we should have or haven't been as generous as we can be, then we have the the new opportunity. And, you know, that's not... There's so many ways, you know, to give somebody a call and visit with them, especially the elderly. And I say that from my own perspective because we really were pretty lonely for a while and we decided to take the chance of putting up the teepee now when we did we were outside and we pretty much social distanced you know actually putting up a teepee there's very few times when you have to be right close together so that was good but it just did our hearts good to have our sons and our daughter-in-law and our daughter and son-in-law. And then we also had some Takojas, which uh, are grandchildren, only one granddaughter and two great-granddaughters. And wow, that's so fun. They thoroughly enjoyed the teepee. And not only that, but my husband had a it, it was a green canvas tent. And that tent has been traveled to Grandpa Morgan, bought it to, I think, right around the time to go to Yellowstone with the family. So there was Grandpa and Grandpa Morgan in three kids in this little tent. And when I look at it, I think to myself, how in the world did that work? Because um, they were pretty close quarters, believe me. But we happened to inherit that, and we put it up for the grand great-granddaughters, and they played in it, and it was just a fine time. Uh, Lila Wash Day, a very good time we had together that day. And I'm going to remember it for a long time. But sitting here in the teepee, I just can't help but think, you know, the Lakota value of generosity, even just a kind word. And and I know with masks now, often we don't see a smile, but that doesn't mean we can't take the time to say th- something kind and good to other people. And I guess I'm going to come with you, come to you with stories from the teepee. And they might be stories of old time or they might be stories of right now. But 
when we're here in the teepee, there's no TV, there's no computer, there's no phone, there's you here with your thoughts, and I kind of wished all of you could come to the teepee, and, but uh, you can have your own place of contemplation, and, you know, it's really kind of the Lakota value of generosity is kind of ties right in with the golden rule, which is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Even if you're really busy, take a little time. Use that generosity of your time. Contact somebody and visit with them and uplift them. We're, we're going to make it through this throughout all our years here on earth. I know we things will look better. It's so this is my first introduction to time in the teepee. <laughs> and I'll be bringing you these personal thoughts on the Lakota values. I hope you enjoyed our segment. You know, I I enjoy visiting with the people. And if you did, go to sandyswallowgallery.com where you can find my artwork and find some history and some background. Please subscribe to it or if you have some comments, we would love to hear your opinion. This is a new adventure for us and I value your opinion. This song is written and sung by my good friend Quincy Goodstar. Lakota Link is here to share Lakota values. God bless you on your journey. Wopila, thank you for joining us. Take care.